We'll get right to it. Another edition of the FA podcast. We're going to get cranking. Uh, lots of good stuff to go over today, and we're going to be very dog-centered today. We got Josh Miller on the phone. We're going to chat with Josh. Big shout-outs to a lot of the people that keep this thing going. Uh, Benelli, Federal Ammunition, my buddy Rob up at Ranchland Outfitters, all big partners of the FA podcast, and, of course, uh, a pile of others, uh, Sport Dog, Loophole, Pattern Master, Mossy Oak. So we got a lot of good partners jumped in. I got Josh right now. Uh, hey, have you – you there, bud? Yep, I'm here. Uh, I know you're expecting. So have you guys had the baby? The baby's coming. What's going on? Uh, we are expecting. Um, like expecting about, close. Yeah, we're about, <laughs> we're about two weeks out right now. <laughs> Is this number two? Or number one. This is number two. Yeah, number awesome. two. I'll say. Do you know what you're having? A uh, little boy. Oh yeah. Now you have a little girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we have a uh, little girl, and uh, you know now we'll have one of each, and I am uh, pretty convinced that that will complete the Miller household. Uh, but add a kid. Shut know. her down, <laughs> Sh- bro. You don't have to tell me. Shut her down. Yeah. If you got two, you could play. Uh, you could still play man to man. If you get more than two, you got to kind of go to a zone. And, yeah. And usually, the wife is she's playing more of the zone, bro. So, I mean, she's got to be help side defense like all the time. So, yeah, it's up to them. But I'm. I got two, I got one and one, and we play man-to-man, and now they're a little older, so we don't even have to, now we could actually sit back in a zone a little bit, so, yeah, bro, congrats, that's great. Thank you, thank you, that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm telling you. Know, it seems really easy when you have the one, because, you know, just like you're saying, I mean, you're in double covers the whole time, and you're like, I got this, and oh. now it's going to change very quickly. Oh, there's no doubt, like, you, you know... Believe me, and listen, nobody knows how to, and you'll you'll experience this as, as both of them get older, but nobody knows how to break a zone coverage better than the kids, and you'll see. <laughs> well, my biggest fear on this is when you come out of a zone and, and you got to play, not only in a zone, you come out of double coverage, 
and you're playing man-to-man, you find out pretty quick who the weaker of the two defenders are, and I already know it's me. And so I'm a little afraid that that secret is going to come out and people are going to realize how much stronger my wife is than I am in this. But um, but no, yes. we're, we're really, really excited. You're absolutely right. Listen, the kids are going to they're gonna watch film tape, and they're going to find out that Dad is the coverage that always breaks they're gonna they're gonna see it on ESPN, bro, and they're gonna be watching. They're gonna be like, look at the coverage, like they just broke it down. Like we have to go to dad all the time because he is the weaker cover of the two. There's no doubt. It's coming. <laughs> been there, been there, done that. I can tell you that it will get exposed and they will know how to expose it because that's what they do. They're good at it. Yeah. And that's okay. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Oh my god, so cool. Well, that's good. Well then uh then then you'll have now is your is your daughter old enough to love the dogs and be a part of the the whole uh you know kennel and everything else is she into all that yeah you know it's been really interesting watching her grow up as a part of this right because cool. I mean, she she hasn't had a choice you know That's i mean right. it's just been this is the way that life is That's right. and so it's been really neat um so our clients end up commenting on this which makes us kind of open our eyes to it because just as it's life for her yeah it's life for us too so we don't know any different that's right and uh i mean she's you know she's uh she's a year and a half old and i mean people comment all the time on how i mean she'll just go over like everybody's picking up you know puppies after you know they're out playing um everybody picks them up and brings it back into the pen and she'll she'll literally go over there and pick one up and carry yeah. it over and you know people are just kind of surprised by it um and we should probably appreciate it more being our first. I mean, you know, we don't know what to expect. And so right. we're kind of learning as she's learning. Um, but, but it is, it's really cool. So she adores the puppies sure. until they're about five weeks old. And then she's done with them because at that point they're big enough to push her over and they want to climb on her and all that stuff. And so she's, she's out then. And then she's, so she's puppies That's you know, right. zero to four weeks. And then she's, she's the big dogs and she has uh she loves the big dogs, so we have uh, so we have eight retrievers uh, of our own that, that are here at the house with us, and uh, they're oh all black God. and yellow. And so her favorite yellow is Brock, and her favorite black is Bud. And so all the yellows are Brock, and all the blacks are Bud. And she just yells for Brock or Bud, no matter who the no it's, matter. Just, it's adorable, it's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's she she's been thrusted into it, man. She's uh, cool. she didn't have a whole lot of choice. Um, we kind of joked, uh, you know. Very much so, but we joked when we were having our first child because uh, somebody asked us, you know, what happens if uh, if you know she's allergic to dogs? And I was like, well, oh, man. it'd be it would be a shame to have to get rid of her, you know. I mean, like, I, <laughs> you know, but um, it it would be completely. Um, that'd be a nightmare because I mean that it's in our entire life. But no, she's she's uh, she rolled into it really well, and uh, I'm really anxious to watch her grow up and develop. Um, you know, around, you know, kind of the, the work ethic, you know, kind of farm type mentality, sure. but specifically with the dogs, it's going to sure. be a lot of fun. And hard work and everything. Now, listen, why you, why you actually say that my daughter is allergic to dogs. Okay. Mm. Now, mm-hmm. now this is the crazy thing. So, and, and we kind of discovered this as as she was growing up and she would go to other people's houses and do stuff like that. Like she doesn't get violently allergic, but you know, her eyes, you know, her eyes are itchy and her skin gets itchy and stuff like that. If she is in like constant contact now, it's gotten better as she's gotten older, but I will tell you this. If, 
if she goes to somebody's house with a black lab, it is mild, okay? If okay. she goes to a house with a yellow lab, it's way worse. The, Isn't that crazy? The dander and the hair, totally different. So, mm-hmm. um, and and I've always been a, a black dog person, so that's what we have. So, so uh, Jet, who just turned seven uh, months, so Jet is, and the same with the other dogs we had, they are halfway outside in the garage. I've set them up with a total kennel, you know, raised off the floor, warm, cold, whatever they need, they get it. Uh, they eat outside. They, you know, everything, everything out in the garage is taken care of for them. And then they also get to come in and be house dogs and, you know, lay on the mat by the fireplace and and get on their spot and 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 socialize with everybody else. So yeah, we we actually had to go through that, which was pretty bad when we first kind of discovered it. And I was like, oh my god, what do I do? Because it's like I can't not have the dog. Like that. That's not. That's not an option, and like you said, you can't like return the kid. So it's like, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty nuts. So we, we actually are working. We've worked our way through that, and we we kind of made it. So yeah, yeah, that would be horrible for you because it's twenty four seven for you. So yeah, yeah, it really is. Oh yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's 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 a completely different ball game. You know, a lot of people told us um, not to say on the on the kid topic you know, too much. No, we're, yeah. uh, we're here to talk about dogs, but. It really is interesting. You know, so many people told us, "Hey, you're going to be great parents because it's just like having dogs." That's and, right. And you know, in my head, I'm like, I don't see how because you know I can't put the kid in a crate and I can't you know like <laughs> like I, I don't the disciplinary actions are, are so it's different. It's your patience. Um, it's your patience. Yeah. That's what it is. That's it. Yes. That's it. And and it really is funny how how uh, how similar they are. But yes. uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not none of the other stuff. It's just literally the patience. And listen, I. <clears throat> I, you know, having the pup now and him getting older and he's doing well, and we'll talk about him in a little bit, but, but definitely, you know, the patience has played a huge part in that. And I'm, you know, listen, you know, I'm not a, a extremely like patient, laid back. I'm go, go, go patience. Not so much. So yeah, I've had to learn to, you know, get my patience somewhat in, in check, you know, going through the whole puppy stage again. So yeah, it's, it's definitely different. There's no doubt about it. So we're talking to Josh Miller. Josh has Riverstone Kennels over in Wisconsin. He does an absolute enormous amount with Sport Dog and, and uh, you know, you could say work there, works there, does everything uh, with Sport Dog in mind. So uh, we always talk to him when we're talking about all our dog stuff. And, and basically now, I mean, we're we're so close to the season, and some people have already started on on – whether it's doves or uh, early goose, and some ducks are starting. So I mean, I mean we're right there. So I guess my my first thing is, you know, what can guys do that have maybe, you know, neglected the dog, or or I don't say neglected, but haven't had time to, you know, get him in shape, him or her, uh, you know. I mean, now's the time where they need to do something so the dog doesn't fail them and fail. And you know what I mean. So, what what would be some tips? Um, you know, going into it now because some people don't have the luxury of working the dog all the time. You know what I mean? Right. Well, so what we find is that this time of year, 
which is an awesome time of year, you know, because you're right. Like here in Wisconsin, we have early goose has been open for about you know, 24 days or so. Yeah. Um, we have you know, dove season has been open that amount of time. We've got duck season opening this weekend. Like yeah. there's a lot of awesome stuff going on. But what we find is that right in this in this zone, there's two camps. There's there's you know the the family that's like, hey, I've worked with my dog all year. I've put in the time. Yep. I've put in you know the, the work. Yep. And, and you know and, and those that guy's ready to go right. Yep. Like like you've been looking forward to this. This is what you've been working for. That's right. Then there's the other side of the spectrum, and the other camp is. Um, kind of that that oh shoot moment. That's like, right. I screwed up, right? Like I, I life got in the way, and here it busy. is. Right? Uh, yeah, you you probably have less excuse this year than most because you had know, COVID. So many people were stuck at home, and um, I heard a lot of people complain about not you. Know, I'm getting stir crazy. Like could have been doing that, right? But if you didn't, you made that mistake. You the past, the past. What do we do now? That's right. And really, the biggest thing no matter how you decide to proceed is your mindset has to change. You cannot go into this season with the same expectations that you would have, or perhaps you had the aspirations of having because you dropped the ball and didn't get the time. And, and yeah, I don't mean to drop the ball. I'm sure there's guys out there being like, you don't know my life. Like I had, you know, X, Y, Z go on. Exactly. Totally you just but didn't have the, the time. The, right. Right, but at the end of the day, it's not the dog's fault. That's right. Right, like if if, if somebody has to own it, let's own it. Right, like yeah, right. I probably could have you know, woke up you know, twenty minutes earlier every day and, and done this. Right, so That's right. whatever it is, whatever reason, it didn't happen. Accept it, own it, move on, change your expectation. So That's my right. expectation, especially if you have a young dog, that's where it like drastically has to change. Because if you're the guy that has a seasoned veteran, finished dog who's five, six years old, he's automatic. Like, yeah, okay, you're probably not going to see the drastic difference that that young dog guy is. But if you're a young right. dog guy, your mindset really has to change because yep. you're going into a game that this dog has not played yet, right? And you, you kind of, um, some people kind of, you know, you laugh at that a little bit, being like, I've been training, you know, he's ready for it. But training, especially as it, as it relates to duck dogs, is not the same thing. <laughs> like, the there's no way. Yeah, there's no way to replicate <laughs> a group of mallards working decoys, uh, you know, a group of, of candidates trying to sit right. on your face and cough and blinds. Like, you cannot replicate that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny how often I think we take that for granted. And and I think from from here, if you're in that camp, you're like, shoot, yep. I, I, I messed up, didn't put in the time, you know, what is something I can work on, right? I would say identify one or two things and really, really focus on them. And for me, one of those things should be steadiness. Yeah. There is no excuse, and I've heard a lot of people you know, have had this discussion with me, but there is no excuse that a dog is breaking in the field. The, a breaking dog just simply is not a safe dog. No. Um, whether that's, um, breaking and I've, I've, you know, heard of dogs running around in the blind because, you know, they don't, they don't know what they're doing, right? That's so they're running around in the blind. That's they're hitting people while they're shooting. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's just not a good situation. No. Right. So that's one. The second one is, and you know, we see it all the time now, especially with how much content is out there, um, with social media and everything else, right? Like, you know, group of birds is coming in, their toes are dang near touching the water, somebody calls and everybody pops up, and the dog is already halfway into the spread. 
right? So you're literally shooting over this dog. Yeah. That is not safe. Yeah, he's and got his care. catcher's mitt. He's got a, He's got his mitt on. He's catching him right out of the air. <laughs> right. I do yeah. not want to be having to teach a dog how to fair catch a duck coming down. That's I right. want it to be, you know, let's let's be steady and safe because as it comes down to like, if all else of your season fails, but your dog is happy and healthy and safe, like that's a win, right? Yeah, I mean, because think of how many think of how many bad things can happen on all those situations now obviously the worst thing is the dog gets shot okay that's the worst the next thing is like a lot of thing that people don't don't really realize and and don't really think about is the position that they put their dog in in the blind or what's going on if you're shooting over the dog's head at any given time their hearing is mm-hmm. is like it is a huge thing for them. It's a huge advantage to them. Their hearing, their sight, their smell, and you're kind of taking that away every time you shoot right over their head. Uh, you know, I make sure all the all the dog blinds are always behind, uh, and and so they're not you know that they're not creeping forward. They're never in front of the muzzle or even underneath it because man, I mean everybody knows they've gotten rung up in their lives and somebody swings over their head. Bro, it is not fun. And a dog's hearing no. is way better than ours. Yeah. And then they wonder why, you know, the dog's four and they're whistling to him and the dog's like, doesn't hear anything. Well, guess what? You know? And the other thing, you know, that a lot of people don't think about is, okay, so you clip a bird, you clip a bird out of the air and break its wing and the wings broke and in half and coming down. And if it hits that dog or the dog catches it, it could puncture an eye, a tongue, an <laughs> ear. And those three things bleed like nobody's business on a dog. So that is not what you want. So uh, so go ahead. So I just wanted to throw that in there because those are all bad things that could occur, which you don't want on your hunt. Right. Well, and, and so all those things are health things, right, yeah. which, which should be for all of us our top priority is keeping our dogs healthy. Yep. But let's, let's you know, switch gears to performance. There is no way – that your dog can mark multiple birds coming down if he's out there in the middle of them as they're coming. Like, he's grabbing that first one that's out of there, and he's back to you. And quite frankly, if your dog doesn't have the control to be steady, there's very little chance that he has the control to be running blinds. Right. So now how do you pick up the rest of the birds, right? Like, if your dog isn't to that level, the best thing that you could do is have him be steady because he could sit there, and if three birds fall, he can go one, two, That's right. three. Just like he, he does in training. Be efficient. Just like he does exactly. in training. Right. But if he goes exactly. and chases the first one and runs and doesn't see the other two marks, he's out of the game then after the first go. Exactly. That's right. Yep. Yep. So, so you know, for me, like if you if you're to that point in the game that you have to pick something, you know, that would be my first go to. Um, the other thing that I would do is. I would really focus on situational training and trying to prepare my dog for what he is going to see in the field. Yeah. And it's way too often that dogs get out in that field. They've never been in the blind they're hunting out of. They get shoved in that blind or they've yep. never been in a boat. Well, how, what are you taking you know, to get to the, the field or a side by side or whatever it is. And the, the less number of first experiences that you can have at, you know, four o'clock in the morning on that, that first hunt, <laughs> That's right. the better. That's right. right. I mean, it's, it's, it's no different than, than practicing for the game, you know, sports analogy, right? Yep. Like, like I, I can't expect you to handle something in the game 
and just take it in stride if I haven't prepared you for it first in a controlled situation to be sure that you can succeed with it. That's right. And, uh, and that's where, yeah, I think way too often. Now, I, I totally understand. So I, I travel all over the place hunting, and it is just not possible to prepare my dogs for everything they're going to see. So whether it's uh, like, you know, down in Arkansas, a box blind has been there for 30 years. Like, of course, I can't, I can't train out of that, right? Yeah, you're but, just, you can't replicate everything, but if you're... If you, you're a guy who runs to the management area or you have a duck club or you have a lease or and you know or you run the boat all the time, like you know what situation you're going to be in the majority of the time to get the dog ready. There's no doubt. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and, and I guess I would even take it kind of for a final step, too, is that. It, you know, I, I really preach control what you can control, right? So we talked about some things you can't control. You can't control the birds and what they do and everything like that. But right. you can control what you prepare your dog for, and you can control if your dog is prepared for it. But if we go into kind of those the situations we just mentioned where you can't, you really can't prepare for maybe every situation, let's still find a way to put ourselves in an advantageous situation or yep. position, right? So for me – Let's just use that example. I go down to Arkansas. I get invited you know, onto you know, a, a place with a club that we go into this big blind. My dog has never seen it before. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring a bumper, and I'm going to put him in his spot and do you know a dozen retrieves with him before shooting light just so that dog starts to understand, okay, so this is where I look out. That's right. This is how I get out of here. This is how I come back. That's right. Okay, like I struggled with it the first time. The second time I get better. Well, by you know, 10, 11, 12 – you're crushing it. Now we can go hunt and, we're and I know that you know what you're doing. That's right. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about the dog. Then you can concentrate on having a good time and shooting. And mm-hmm. the dog knows what he needs to do. And you know what you need to do. And you're having a better experience. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Like I am, I am going into, um, I'm going into this situation in this season, very different than I've gone into any other season. Uh, my expectations aren't very high. And what I mean by that is I've done enough with the dog to um, be steady, do our marks, send him on his blinds. I have him casting side to side off the whistle. I have him casting back off the whistle. Uh, So I've done a decent amount of stuff with him. Now, once the chaos has begun and the shooting and the other dogs and the other people, everything is going to change. Uh, we have rode in the crate in the truck. We have jumped onto our place on a flat place. Uh, if we're in that kind of blind situation, we have gone into like uh, uh, one of those higher uh, mutt hut style uh, stands, you know what I mean, that are elevated out of the water. We've ran blinds and bumpers off of there uh, i i am doing the boat next week so i can get him acclimated to the boat so just like you said so i'm doing everything i can to get ready but i'm also feeling that you know listen if he gets it or doesn't get it he's at least going to be steady he's going to watch the other dogs he's going to do i'm hope i'm hopeful you know everything in that and if he picks up a bird in the process 
That's just a bonus. You know what I mean? That's how I'm going into this year. I'm not expecting much. I'm just expecting him to go, learn, and hopefully have a good time and, like, learn the game. I, I wish you could see me because I'm smiling listening to you <laughs> talk about this. Because I, th- this right here uh, is probably what I, I, I preach over and over and over again to all of my clients. And I wish that I could really hammer this message home at a larger scale because – Really, I believe that the difference, especially in your situation where you have a young dog into a first season, right. the, the difference of the, con, uh, considering your season or your hunt a success or a failure doesn't have to do with the dog's performance, but rather your expectations. Right. And if you have the correct expectations, right. just like you mentioned here, you are going to sit back and not only enjoy the hunt more because you're not going to be frustrated – but you're also going to look at it from a different lens and and really thoroughly enjoy the moment. You're going to enjoy watching the dog screw up because you see him learn. That's right. You see him understand what went wrong. And That's then right. you see him two retreats later apply it and succeed. I mean, you can't do that if you're frustrated or tense or, or uh, upset. And, and if more people went into seasons with that mindset, they'd be much happier and, and not only much happier, but the dogs would be much happier and they would have a better relationship with their dogs. And because if you went into this first season going, okay, so so my dog's doing everything right. great in training, they're ready to go for it, and you bring them out, and your expectation is that they do everything perfect. It's going to be what a failure. What you just did, yeah. right. Well, what you just did is you just took a high school, uh, a high school quarterback, threw him in, and said, hey, you're going to go play for the Cowboys today. And oh, by the way, you better crush it. Otherwise, I'm going to be upset. I mean, it, that that sounds absurd to us, but that's exactly what what happens, and we don't think about it or or understand that no with our dogs. And so, um, there's a number of things. Let me tell you a quick little story because this is really interesting. Um, this happened this year. Uh, a client, a client of mine, that got a puppy. He's done a lot of the training himself. He's a, a long distance client, um, right. and he has uh, communicated with me via videos, and it's so hard. Oh yeah. Uh, full, oh, yeah. full disclosure, it's hard for me to do that just because you can only tell so much. But the guy has absolutely crushed it, and this this puppy is so far ahead of the game. I mean, this this puppy's I think 10, 11 months old. Um, I mean, you know, she's running 100, 150 yard you know, blinds, you right. know, double, triple marks. I mean, this dog is is crushing it. Um, went into this first season, and yeah, I, I didn't really hear anything until the panic phone call came. So the panic set in, which. Well, what happened was, is they went on, uh, teal season started, so they went on a teal hunt, no action, okay? Then they went on another, and another, and another. I think they went on four or five, where not a single shot was fired, right? Which is is so tough. That dog got to the point that she came out, and she had no idea, this is her first season, she has no idea what you're doing, so she'd, like, fall asleep on her stand, or, like, you just thought she was hanging out. Right. Well, then all of a sudden, I think it was hunt six. Um, it's still kind of dark out. Teal comes in, boom, over the top of her, and she jumps up and jumps under her stand like, what the heck just happened? That's right. And so the phone call came, and he's like, man, like I don't know what happened. Like I, I've shot over all summer long. Like What in the world is going on? And I'm like, well, think about it, man. Like, like She was kind of in the mode of thinking, like, we come out here and sunbathe and chill and hang out, right? Like, she has no idea why you're out there. Right, the consistency. now all of a sudden, the cannon went off. Yeah, now all of a sudden, the cannon went off. She wasn't expecting it. And now we created an issue, 
right? Hmm. So this dog that should have been way ahead of the game now regressed to now our expectations drastically changed for the rest of the year, right? Now, luckily, thank God, she's getting back on track and she's you know, right. doing much better. But that is kind of a scary thing, especially when you have all these high hopes you know, and expectations. And so a you know, question that, that would probably come up with that is, you know, what, what would you do differently? And, you know, we had talked about this in the course, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I just right. feel for the guy because he's like the nicest guy you could find and he puts in all the work and everything like that, right? Um, but situationally, if we look back on it, well, the work, the last thing we want to do is, is take a young dog on a hunt where where there's no reward, right? Or That's there's right. no action. There's no and nothing. You can't con- right. R- right, right. Well, it's hard what we're doing, right? So even if, like, because you can't control that. And there are a lot of us out there that we don't have these great spots and we hope just to shoot a bird and it's right. you know, likely not going to happen. Well, bring a bumper with you. I was just going to say that. You're right. Yeah. I mean, give that dog some, you know, okay, hey, we're going to pick up. She didn't get to do anything today. So, uh, hey, you know, Jimmy, I'm going to throw this. Could you shoot? You know, yeah. That's right. Quack, quack, quack. Throw, boom. Like, give her some retreats. Let her have fun. Hey, okay, I want to be out here. I kind of know what's going on. Like, keep right. her engaged in it. Um you know, little things like that, for especially for a first season, go a long way. That's right. That's right. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I've heard of, you know, guys taking their dog to a club on the first day, and, you know, eight guns are going off, and the dog crawls underneath the blind like, what just happened? Well, you would shoot once over her, and, you know, okay, that happened. And then you shoot eight guns over her. That's a little different. So, so there's definitely situations that you can prepare for some that you can't. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm just doing, you know, I'm just doing all that I can for him to try to get him ready. And, and, and my expectations are, you know, not that much. Now, if I had bought, and, and this is where the guys need to understand, like if you, if you want to come out of the gate rolling then you need to have a race car dog. You need to have one that is, you buy a started dog, you buy a dog that, that has done the game before, you have a dog that knows what's going on, then your expectations going into the season can be, you can you can put them higher because if, if that's what you're buying and that's what you get, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you can't expect, you know, you can't expect the dog a young dog, a first season dog, or a dog that's been sitting on the couch to just, it all comes back and we're just going to be on fire. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, and listen, I, I'm, I don't know. I think it, think of things a little bit different. I'm a little bit different in my age and transition and where I'm at. And I don't, you know, I love piling birds up just like everybody else, but I'm also there for the tradition and for the dog and to have, uh, the time out and do all that kind of stuff. So every everybody has a different outlook of, of what's going on. So, you know, now do I want him, you know, in the next two years to grow into just a machine and just loves it and just wants to get every bird? There's no doubt. You know, there's no doubt. So uh, <clears throat> I'll give you I'll give you a short a short one. Um, we have we just had early goose as well. And uh, I usually never do it. There's usually never birds around uh, where I'm at. There's usually some, but then trying to find the field, there's like 40 guys trying to circle the field and get permission. And it's just no fun. So I, I don't even bother. So uh, it's like the last day of early season, and 
Uh, actually, it was it was the Saturday before the last day. Sunday was the last day. So I go out Saturday, and I'm training the dog, and we're running bumpers, and we're rumping blind, and I and I hear a couple of geese, and I'm like, you know what? Tomorrow we're gonna come out. I'm gonna bring a bunch of decoys. I'm gonna run the dog through the decoys because once again, that's good training, and I'm just gonna run them through a bunch of you know a decent spread. Uh, you know, of like a dozen or two decoys, goose decoys, and I'll run them through the full bodies, and we'll just run bumpers, and then we'll sit here for an hour and see what happens. And if birds come out, great. So run a bunch of bumpers, run some blinds through the decoys. He's doing great, doesn't mind the decoys, could care less, going for the bumpers, doing everything he needs to do, come back. He's coming back, and I hear a honk, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I get him in the tree line. I get in the tree line. I grab the gun. I load up. I look up, and there's like a group of, of geese just doing it dirty right in the decoys. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I don't even have a chance to get up and shoot. They have already landed. They're in the decoys. And I'm like, okay. So now I'm like somewhat panicking, but some not. I, I got I to gotta get control of the situation. So I get the dog on a short lead. And I literally grab him in my left hand. I take my gun and I walk out from the tree line. And the geese have no clue what's going on. Obviously, it's September, right? So they got no idea. So I literally sit the dog. I put my foot on the lead and I start yelling and the geese don't do anything. So I pick up the lead and we walk like a couple more steps and I sit him down and I put my foot on the lead and I start yelling. And finally, like one of the geese starts moving and they get up. And I'm thinking to myself, I just have to shoot one. I just have to shoot one. So I shoot once. I hit one. I shoot it again. So it goes down and, and three fall because they all got bunched up. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so all I need to do, so I put the gun down. I'm like, all I need to do is center him on a bird and, and go. And that bird is dead, like just past the decoy. So I send him, right? So I grab the gun and I go out and, you know, it's chaos. You know, everything's like the dog's going nuts. So, you know, the the goose probably weighs, you know, half his weight or pretty close, right? So he's trying to pick it up and he can't. And he's just ripping feathers out because it's like an 11-pound goose and he can't get it up. And he's trying to figure out where he can get it. Does he get it by the neck? Is he trying to drag it by the tail? So at this point, I try to get out there because there's feathers everywhere and he can't get it up. And I'm like, okay, bud, let's try to figure out where you can grab it and let me help you. So I get in like the the wing where the body and the wing meet and I get it in his mouth and I go, okay, come on. So he starts dragging it. And it's pretty, it's pretty tough. You know what I mean? We're talking a big goose, so he's having a rough time, but he's dragging it. So I'm letting him go and I'm telling him good boy the whole time and he's doing great. So at that point, I, I like, okay, let's sit down and regroup. So I get up and I look. The third goose must have not got hit at all or maybe just whatever. He's gone. I turn over to the right, and there's the second goose, and it's walking. And I'm like, oh, my God. And before he spots him, when I spot him, and I couldn't grab the lead, and he is, he's like, oh, my God, I'm going. So he <laughs> takes off. And he's going like, you know, to me, he's going 80 miles an hour and he hits this goose going full speed and they both tumble and fall over. Right. So then he gets up, the goose gets up and it's a big old gander. And I mean, it's bigger than the first one. And I'm like, oh, my God. So it's hissing. Wings are out and the dog doesn't know what to do. So he goes in to grab the goose and it kind of snips at him and he backs up. So then he goes, OK, I, I think I'm getting this. 
and I don't like it. So he starts barking. So here he is circling the goose barking. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I got to hurry up and run over there because I'm thinking <laughs> if he bites him and it hurts, he's like never going to want to pick up a goose again. I'm thinking all these terrible thoughts. So I run over there and I get him to heal. And he actually comes off the goose. He sits and I say, sit. I stand on the lead and I just wait for the goose to walk out a little bit. I, I shoot it. I, I dispatch it, and and then I send him, and then he was doing the same thing. He was just trying to get it picked up, and so then I just, like, I called quits. I picked it up myself, and he was, like, you know, feathers everywhere in his mouth. There's feathers everywhere, and he just, he thought it was great, and I, I, I probably didn't do everything I should have done, but I at least had him excited enough that he he had a good time the gun went off he went for the bird like he did everything that he was supposed to do i didn't get mad at him he didn't do anything wrong you know what i mean he probably just didn't do everything that i should have told him to do so i I took that one as not a loss i guess i don't know if i want to take it as a win but i took it as not a loss so um fast forward two weeks and literally this happened this morning i'm training and i'm running them and I'm running him on blinds, and I send him on one, and he's going all the way up this hill, and two honkers come off the tree line and are coming down the tree line, and they're going to go to the refuge. And he hears the goose, and he stops dead on the retrieve, and he looks at the geese, and he watches them go all the way to the refuge. And then he looks back at me, and I just tell him, you know, fetch up the bumper, and he goes, gets the bumper and comes back. So I'm thinking to myself, I think a light bulb just went off because he, I mean, he stopped dead when he heard the geese and he knew exactly where to look up in the sky. So I'm like, okay, I, I think something happened there. <laughs> so I'm hoping that we're starting to put some stuff together, I guess is what I'm getting at all this whole long story. Sorry to bore you, but well, that's where we're at. No, no, I, you know, that, that's, uh, that right there is what's fun, right? Is watching these young dogs put everything together. And, um, it's amazing how quickly things can go from, <laughs> oh, we're not going to see anything. You know, this is just fun to be out, uh, chaos, right? Really, really uh, fast. Yeah. I wasn't but, expecting uh, it. Right. It just <laughs> happened. But, you know, listen, I tried to make the most of it. And then after we were done, I, I tried to run, you know, I tried to run some retrieves with him just trying to drag the goose. And, and like I said, he, he could barely drag it all the way back, but he'd get as far as he could, and I would go pick it up. So, like I said, it wasn't a total loss. I thought it was a win in the right direction. Uh, you know what I mean? So, so you know, I, I just tried to t- take that training session and make it into something positive where, listen, he was all smiles, all fired up, was loving it, feathers all over his face. Like, he just had... He, he had a good time. So I, I guess I'm, you know, that's all I can say on that one was it it was a, a decent experience. Probably could have went better, but I was by myself and, you know, like crap just jumped off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, yeah, and geese especially, you oh. know, you made the comment, you know, that you, you ended on a good note, on a fun note, right? And that's so important, especially with geese, because uh, I'm pretty confident that geese – especially, you know, Canada's, I mean, that is a real mental game for a lot of these dogs. Yeah. Um, at, you know, we, we talked about sport dog here at the beginning. There's a Chesapeake on the 425 Xbox. Her name is Kimber. 
Um, I, I trained Kimber, seems like years, well, it seems like forever ago now. She's probably eight or nine. Um, but I mean, that dog is a certified badass. I mean, she is like, she's like 90 some pounds. She's a complete, you know, she's the whole package as far as, you know, body size goes. Right. Uh, she's a master hunter, grain retriever champion. Like this dog's done it all. That dog didn't pick up a, a goose until I think she was five. Right. And it wasn't because she couldn't do it. It's just, you know, mentally she's like, eh, I don't, I, I, I don't think I can do it. Right. Where then you have, um, there's a, uh, well, like my little dog, Sage, who Sage is, I think, 47 pounds. Oh, my God. Um, and I'll tell you what, she's probably one of, if not the best goose dog that I have. I mean, she turns into a middle linebacker really, <laughs> really fast. Well, you have and, to be. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> well, and she's just got the biggest heart. You know, she's got a small stature, but she's got the biggest heart, and she just loves to go do it. And uh, to That's your awesome. point of ending on that positive note, like, if you would have pulled him off when that when that you know bird st- you know kind of squared off against him and said hey now we're going to be done and that was the last mental image that he had of that goose I mean probably not going to step back into the ring with a bird like that at least really quickly right, right. like yeah right. probably going to be hesitant and standoffish well you know now ending on that positive note you ended on something that you can now build off of the next time and I mean you're seeing the the fruits of that. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the thing I was worried about the most was I'm thinking to myself, if he grabs, if that goose grabs a hole of his ear or his lip or, you know what I mean? And, I, and I've heard like horror stories of the, you know, my dog never wants to pick up a goose ever again because, you know, the first big goose he fought with, like, got him really good. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, don't let that happen. But I'll tell you what, he was a trooper, bro. And I was like, I was digging, I was digging for my phone and digging for more shells and I didn't know if I should try to video this because, I, I mean, it was straight hysterical because he is circling the dog or he's circling the goose like, like I, I got him and hurry up and get over here. And I got him. I got him for you. And I'm laughing the whole time. I'm doing everything. And just like it was just it was honestly it was a shit show is what it was. <laughs> so, so, but like you said, something something good came out of it. So <clears throat> so I'm just. I'm just trying to work on more. And listen, I'm sure I'm going to have more stories like that as we go through the season. And there's going to be ups and downs and and stuff we learn and whatever. So, and listen, if you can't if you can't laugh while you're out there, like I'm, I wasn't frustrated. I didn't have a frustrated bone in my body at the whole experience because I he didn't do anything wrong. I didn't have any expectations. You know what I mean? So he didn't do anything mm-hmm. wrong. And, and there wasn't anything like, like you couldn't teach for that moment, you know, for all of a sudden, you know, who's got a live goose in their, you know, in their garage that they could take out. So the dog knows what to do. Like, I, I don't have that. I didn't have that. So I, I just took it for what it's worth and it worked out. And, and like I said, I think it was at least somewhat positive, like you said, to build on and we'll just keep going. You know what I mean? That's where we're at. So, well, and, and the big difference was the expectations and mindset you went into that right. with. Right. I mean, really, when you really think about it, that's what you could control. You right. controlled it, and that's why you had such a great you know, experience and really such a great memory of it, right? Because you're going to look back four years from now when he's a seasoned veteran and you go, oh, my gosh, like, remember that first, you right. know, that first hunt or those first birds you encountered? Right. Um, if, if you would have had a different mindset, you wouldn't have been able to sit back and appreciate uh, you know, the moment that you were in. 
yeah, listen, I wasn't I wasn't cursing at him or mad or frustrated like he wasn't listening or he didn't come to heal or anything like that. Like 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 in the moment of chaos, I was I was actually blown away that he's got this goose. He's looking straight at this goose and I get within 15 yards and I tell him to heal. And I actually said here and he came and I was like I was like, holy crap, like, I can't believe, like, I thought I was going to have to get the lead and drag him away, right? And, and he came over and I was like, oh my God, that's like half, that's the whole battle right there. Like, like in the, the chaos of what's going on, he actually listened and came over to what we've been, you know, oh my God, doing for the last six months. So I was like, I mean, that was probably the biggest win out of everything because of that. You know what I mean? For Everything sure. else was For like, sure. who cares? Because he actually listened. I mean, who? I mean, he could have tried to be at the, that that goose's throat the whole next hour. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Listen, I I just take the wins when I could get them and just and just keep going. You know. Um, so For sure. so so switching switching gears on guys who uh, uh, have a dog and have a decent season dog and they're going through the season. Can you just throw some tips on, you know, because, uh, you know, food, wearing a vest, staying, keeping the dog warm, and, and maybe after the hunt, you know, on a couple tips on maybe what, what guys need to be looking out for and what to do. And obviously, I mean, food is probably the easiest because you're just trying to boost up their fat a little bit when they start running and if you see their weight start coming down. And I'm not here to pitch a food or whatever. I'm just saying, you know, get the right formula for your dog, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and uh, yeah, obviously I'm not here to uh, pitch anything either. But I do believe that feeding the right food has more to do with it than than most of us give credit for. Agreed. Um, and, you know, so I look at you know, talk you know, a lot of sports analogies here today. But, um, you know, I look at it just like athletes, like, you yep. know, you're not going to see, you know, any of these guys that play on, on Sundays, you know, in the NFL that are, you know, eating, you know, McDonald's every day <laughs> and apple pies. And, well, know, well, yeah. And listen, ho-hos and, that's yeah. right. And listen, they don't come off the field and have like a milkshake. They come off and get a Gatorade. Right. So, that's you know, right. that that's a whole other thing. So like when you're in the game, you know, make sure the dog's hydrated, obviously, you know, what, you know, watch what you're feeding, when you're feeding and the whole deal. So, you, yes, you absolutely have to get dialed into the season. And, you know, listen, my last dog, my last dog weighed 60, 62 pounds, give or take. Like that was like fight weight was right about there. And I could feed him, you know, when we were running through the season, like that dog, I mean, it was it was crazy. Like, you know, all my friends are like, dude, will you feed your dog? I could feed him 10 cups of food and it didn't matter. He was at a at a at a sit. He was burning like just at a sit. He was burning calories. He was so amped up all the time that calories were just gone. Like he looked like he came back from like, you know, like he was on a, uh, the uh, whatever that series is like Survivor. When they go on the island, they don't eat anything like he, he looked like that the whole season. Couldn't do anything about it. So you have to watch your dog like does your dog put on weight faster during the season you know so you got to watch what you're doing because you don't want them overweight mm-hmm. well and and really this is where 
knowing your dog becomes so important because right. Yeah, I, a lot of times people ask me, how many cups should I be you know, feed my dog? And that right. is not a simple, basic answer. Right. Um, it really depends on your dog. It depends on you know the quality of food that you're feeding. It depends on does that food jive with your dog's you know, body type. Um, right. you know, so there's a lot that goes into it. But what you're going to see, even more so than you know, a lot of times we look at uh, energy level, we look at weight, we look at, at things like that. Like One thing that I really look at is recovery. You know, so yep. a lot of times um, you know, we get dogs, you know, that have these big hunts or these big training days, right? And it's like, well, you got to give them a couple of days off to recover. But when you find the right formula uh, of, of food, it's amazing how quickly that body bounces back. And, you know, when you have it dialed in, eating not only the right food, but the right amount and everything else, right. um, that's really important. And, and weight, to me, uh, you, you made the count. You know, so a lot of times, you know, people that um, – Maybe don't have sporting dogs. Uh, would look at my dogs, especially mid-season, like you're saying, but like, geez, like they're, they're underweight. Right. And, no uh, doubt. Uh, you know, a vet, a very uh, prestigious vet, told me something one time that I'll never forget. I thought it was great, uh, it, which was, if you don't have people telling you that your dog is underweight, it means your dog's overweight. Yeah. Right? Because there, there are just too many people that are uneducated on it. And, you know, like his point was, you look at – professional athletes you look at marathon runners you look at the people that are quite frankly the best of all of us shape wise yep and they look underweight yes right you can see their ribs yeah yeah yeah, but they have what they need they have the muscular tone they they eat the right amount for them they they fuel themselves with the right food um this is a huge deal when are you going to the season and and you know the the other end of the spectrum of course is a dog being overweight which not only we, we all know the physical um, issues that can come with that. Yes. But I'll tell you, the mental side is definitely there too. It is no different than um, you know for a human that is very much overweight uh, mentally. You're just not as mentally sharp or engaged or, sure. or mentally active, right? Like like if, if I was very much overweight, I'm not going to go want to you know play you know a, a football game, right? But if I'm in shape, yeah, right. I want to go out there time and time again, and I look forward to it. Sure, you'll Mentally, be sluggish. You'll be sluggish. Your mind will be sluggish. Like everything about it, just like you're saying, there's no doubt. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and so um, you know, th- there's a lot to be said about that. And we're if if you're yeah if you're yeah somebody that's listening that's like, well, you know, I I would never have my dog underweight, you know, like that. Um, we're not we're not saying starve the dogs right i mean we're we're saying have the right, right combination but be very careful of getting your dogs overweight i have way too often that people uh, bring dogs in or i see them at shows or whatever and you know they make these excuses right like oh like i just i you know it's fine or they'll burn it off or or just quite frankly deny themselves that the dog is overweight right. you know, well you know, I, I like having this, the treats or I feed them you know, way too much, you know, whatever right. it is. Um, having a dog that's overweight, like I really look at that dog and I feel so bad for the dog because that is right. nobody's fault but your, the yours is the I owner, know. right? Yeah. I mean, he's not going to say, uh, you know what, I think I should have only had three cups a day instead of the five cups of food that are sitting here, so I'm going to stop. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's not going to do that, right? No. So that has to be up to us. And, you know, you just look at these dogs. It is incredible. The dogs that come into the kennel that are in shape and ready to go, yep. mentally they're so much more stable and so much more energized than, you know, the dog that comes in overweight. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, I mean, 
you know, I don't know. I've always had, I had a bigger dog was my first dog and he was just a bruiser of a dog. And he wasn't, he wasn't like, well, he was overweight at a certain point uh, when I was working a lot and I found out he was able to, and this is a, a funny side note, but he was, he was, uh, I had one of those big metal kennels where you slide the latch over to lock him in, right? The big crates, right? And he knew that if he could bang on, if he could bang on the door enough, it would slide the levers over and he'd get out, right? Well, he was getting out and sticking his head in the freaking dog bowl in the in the garbage can that I had the dog food in, and he would eat a bunch as far as he could, and then he'd get back in the kennel before I got home. And <laughs> I'm telling you, I could not figure this out. I'd be like, he got out every time, and then I started locking it. When I started locking the gate, then his weight was going down because he wasn't eating as much. And I was like, I finally figured it out one day. I was like, you little shit. So <laughs> too much. But definitely – him uh he was a bigger dog but the last two these two are just uh uh smaller dogs uh more sleek dogs more uh you could just tell they're they're just built more athletic and like you said you just got to know your dog and everything else so right now he's on puppy food so i'm just trying to you know i'll I'll just try to figure out this season because this will be the first year you know is this food you know going to be the right I mean, obviously, he's going to transition out of this. So this year, to me, is like just kind of go with it and just see how much if I, I got to give him more or less. Or we're just going to see how this goes this year. So that's kind of a crapshoot for me. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, vests, obviously, for protection and just warmth and a little bit of I, – I, I really don't play much on the flotation side. I mean, it's it's great if the dog's – you know, swim in big water for long times and stuff like that. Maybe that's a help, but I'm just looking as a vest as, as warmth and protection. I mean, really that's, I mean, that's really just really why you do it. And and I think guys, you know, should do it more, even when you're field hunting. And I, I almost think more so on the field hunts. Yeah, it really depends on how you're looking at it. Right. So, I mean, if, if it's, if it's for protection, Right. Um, the field hunts, especially when you get into you know those stubble corn fields, you know, right. stuff like that. Uh, absolutely, it, it can offer protection. Um, from from a warmth standpoint, because I know a lot of us that hunt late season, specifically in water, that's something that we are looking for is that warmth factor. But that vest needs to be fitted properly. Absolutely, I think that's one thing that gets missed way too often is that fit. I mean, Agreed. it's like it's loose and it's flopping around. Well, that's not going to that's not going to hold any heat in. And it's going to let that cold water run. It's amazing when you yes. have the proper fit of a vest that that dog is dang near dry underneath that vest. Oh, and there's you can no stick doubt. Your hand in there. Yes, you yeah, can. you can stick your hand in there and feel that warmth. I mean, it's it, it, it is a major, uh, pretty major difference. Um, I would love to see. I've always wanted to be a part of uh, of a study like this to see how much warmer it actually keeps the dog i'd love to see that um because i don't have i'm I'm a real i'm a i'm a research and show it to me kind of guy and so i have not seen that but uh, but it's gotta be it's gotta be a lot because just like you said like if you really if you're on a cold hunt and you really want to warm your hands up stick your hand everybody's like what are you doing stick your hand in the dog's vest in the back or in his chest if you want to put your hands warm because just like you said it is cooking in there 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Um, but it has to be fitted properly, and, that, and that's I think you know, the the big thing. Um, it is very difficult to order one of those vests just online. Um, you know, it, it's I, what I would recommend is is order. You know, if you think that you're a large, you know, order an XL large and a medium. See which one fits best, that's and then right. you know re, maybe return the other two or something like that. Because it's it is not just a clean cut. I mean, so many of these dogs. They're shaped differently. They're yep. built differently. I mean, some of them have the big chest, some don't, and, yep. and all that plays a role. And so that bit is very important. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And listen, a couple other tips is just easy. Just try to keep them dry and warm when you can. Keep them elevated out of the water. Do what you can to keep them out of the mud if it's cold or whatever. Just do what you can to keep them, you know, as best you can. What about what about after a hunt? Are you, um, what are you doing after a hunt to you know, make the dog's experience a little bit better and give you a little more peace of mind. Is there a couple things that you do? I know what I've done in the past, but I want to hear what you, you know, what you end up doing. Yeah. Uh, so do you mean that in like a health check kind of a, a sense? Uh, yes, yes. That, and just like crating them and doing whatever, whatever you do after a hunt with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I am, um, I am myself a routine animal, uh, just like sure. my dogs are and just like my business is. So everything runs uh, in the same time and the same manner to really add clarity for the dogs, right? Gotcha. Um, and so the hunt is no different. And so I start all of my hunts the same way the dog goes in the crate, and then we finish the same way the dog goes in the crate to finish. Um, right. That's kind of that starting and stopping point you know, for the dogs. But you know, one thing that I always do, and it, it's really interesting. I think um, I think upland hunters are probably ahead of us waterfall hunters in this way because it's common practice for water or for upland hunters rather to get to the the truck at the end of the hunt, put the dog up on the tailgate, and do a once over and check sure. them. check their pads, check their eyes. Um, it's amazing how few waterfall hunters I see do that. Yeah. It's like the dog's done, put them away, get our clothes off, and then you know, we're off, right? Right. And uh, it's a, it, to me, it takes so little time to get the dog up on the tailgate, you know, to where you can really see and work with them and check their pads, check and make sure that you, you know, there's no cuts or anything that, that, that happened, yep. check their eyes, make sure there's no seeds or cuts or anything like that. I mean, it, it, it's such a minor thing, but we tend to overlook it. And here's what the worst part of it is that if you overlook it when it is a minor thing, it can turn into a major thing. You, know, you miss a, a gash, it becomes infected. Yep. You 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 know, miss a seed in the eye, all of a sudden it's back in the eye, and now you have oh, to yeah. have, you know, it, it's just, it's not fun. Yep. Um, so taking that, you know, three to five minutes at the end of the hunt to go over that, um, not only will it save you your know, heartache, but, um, you know, potential vet bills, That's right. potential, um, you know, obviously, if, if something happens to the dog where they have to miss hunts, right? I mean, it's just a, it's a pretty minor thing to do at the end of the hunt to ensure that uh, the dog is happy and healthy. Yeah, I mean, the the main thing I end up doing is is washing his eyes out because we have a lot of seeds, uh, the majority of the places that we hunt. So I always run, I always wash, I always wash him out, uh, check his nose. Um, usually it's easy to spot something if they, you know, cut an ear or something like that. I mean, that's usually easy just because of the amount of blood and everything else. Uh, you know, but I just, I'll end up just drying them off and then getting them in the crate and getting them in the warm crate and having, you know, having some calm down time 
And then when I get home, you know, same thing. Make sure he's dry, get him in his spot, you know, get him some water and just maybe give him a treat and just let him have some him time. You know what I mean? And just and just relax. So, I mean, and if it's going to be a long ride home, you know, maybe give him a treat or something on the way home or, or just let him have some quiet time. So, I mean, that's, I mean, no different than what you're doing. And, and I do think you're right. I don't think a lot of guys do that. I think they just load them up and, and get on their get on their way and maybe you know maybe we're a little different too on the waterfowl side because when we get to the truck we're either cold wet both the upland guys maybe aren't so dealing with so much bad weather you know what i mean maybe i mean that's got a lot to do with it too you know for sure yeah for sure um yeah and the drying them off piece is a big part especially you know this really we're starting to get into um situational stuff right so it depends on where you hunt right. and how you travel and all the other kind of stuff but um you know throwing a dog in a kennel or crate that is soaking wet so he's going to lay in in the water and That's if right. you've got a you know two three hour drive home it's 10 degrees outside whatever it is i mean just just think i mean just be smart yes. uh, would you want to be laying out you know in the water like that um you know the i'm a big believer in these dogs would do anything for us. I mean, you look at your dog yep. and tell me a person on this planet that would do for you what your <laughs> dog would for you. I mean, you, you're not going to be able to find one. No. And so treating treating the dog in return as it's just a dog and, and get on with it, um, to me, it, it, it's kind of mind-boggling. Yep. You know, it's like, you know, the little things you can do for that dog to make them more comfortable and enjoy that day that much more, oh, why wouldn't you do that? There's no doubt. There's little things like that. So... Um, you know, keep them hydrated, keep them, keep them well fed, take care of them, keep them warm, dry, do what you can. I mean, that's it. That's all you got to do. It's pretty minor on our part. We don't have to really do that much to really maintain, uh, their quality of life. Let's call it. Cause you know, they're, they're all about it just like we are. So yeah, that's pretty good. Um, sure. well, good bro. I'm excited about the baby coming. That's great for you guys. Uh, it's, it's at a crazy time of the year too. Oh my God. You're just going to be just buried with stuff. So, oh my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, uh, my my waterfall season, although it's going right now, yeah. really doesn't get cranking until like December, January, where I'm you know, in Montana and Arkansas, stuff like that. But um, that'll give me a couple months with uh, with the new addition and oh yeah, uh, you know, get uh, get things rolling. But uh, but yeah, man, I I really appreciate you. Know, you have me on. It's always fun to sit and chat with you. Oh, absolutely. Hope you have a great season and uh, go crush it with that young pup. Yeah, we're going to we're going to do so. Listen, you can check out you can check out Josh, you go to Riverstone Kennels. Uh, uh Sport Dog is a huge part of all this. Um uh I have the um so I have the little Sport Hunter A25 is what I've been using, the A25X and to be honest, like actually the best part of that collar is having when I started him on the collar was having the tone because I didn't want to first, you know, just shock if I needed to or give him any stimulation. So the actual tone was a huge part of him going, wait a minute, like what's going on? So so the part of that collar was awesome, but it's small enough I could take it everywhere. And that, that collar has been actually really great so far. So I'm all about that. And, and everything else that I got, you know, they... They sent me a bunch of bumpers and everything else to use, and and all the stuff has been awesome. So he's been, he's been all about it. We've been we've been doing pretty good. So I'm pretty pumped about all the all the products that everything has on Sport Dog. And if you need more info, there's a ton of videos and information 
and everything else that you can get about whatever situation you're in and whatever you know stage of the game you're at let's call it you know what i mean on the sport dog site so um it is it is it is a good site and there's a, a ton of information and like i said if you're if you're looking for any information on training and everything else you could go hit up josh uh you guys have a ton of pups coming up all the time pretty much you guys are are running pretty good on on pups yeah, there's there's never a dull moment. Oh my god, sure. bro! <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely insane. So, listen, good luck on the new pup or on the new baby. Sorry, you guys have. <laughs> I got the new pup. You got the new baby coming. So right, right. <laughs> listen, uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you during the season because it's great to catch up and and people could always use tips. So if like I said, if you want to get a hold of Josh, do so. He's on Instagram and everything else. You could check him out, bro. Great talking to you. Appreciate the time as always. And thanks for all the info. It's been awesome. You bet, dude. Anytime. Um, you guys have a great uh, season, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Do the same, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, dude. Later. Thanks. All right, we talked to uh, Josh Miller, Riverstone Kennels, uh, and just affiliated with Sport Dog, and just all the great stuff that they got going on is just incredible. So big time thanks to them. So uh, got to give shout-outs to them, no doubt. So, uh, FA podcast, appreciate everybody checking in. If you want to check us out, you can get on Apple Podcasts and check out all the other podcasts. Hit us up at fabrand.com on the website if you want more info there. Uh, Instagram, you can hit us up. Facebook, our YouTube channel. Shout out to Benelli, Federal Ammunition, Mossy Oak, Ranchland Outfitters, and my buddy Rob up in uh, Canada, and also Sport Dog, Loophold, and uh, Patternmaster and Benchmade. Just... A lot of the companies that partner well with us and just do it like that. Appreciate you checking us out. It's the FA brand. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs>